us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are again humbly uh, in your presence, Father, asking for your Holy Spirit to be in the midst of us this morning, to speak through us. And may your Holy Spirit, Father, touch the heart of everyone here this morning, that they understand the gravity and the necessity of the time that we are living. Uh, may you bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, what was the clock? Okay, perfect. Good. <laughs> uh, the title of the message this morning is To Know God. Now, you have heard this, this, this analogy or this saying that is said, it is not what you know, it is who you know. And it's, it's, that's what the gospel, again, is about, really. It's not what you know, but it's who you know. The verse, again, this morning that was read really well this morning was found in John 17, verse 3. And it is a simple formula, but profound. It is said, this is what? That they may know you, the only true God. Do you know who God is? That is my question for you this morning. Do you know who God is? Example, Moses was sent to Pharaoh, and Moses said, Pharaoh, God appeared to us in the wilderness. He said, let my... And what did Pharaoh said? Who is God that I will what? So Pharaoh didn't know who God was. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 4, verse 6, that my people are destroyed for lack of what? Of knowledge. And because you have rejected knowledge, he said, I will also what? So the question again this morning, and that is behoove us to understand it, is do I know who God is? The Bible said in the beginning, what? The heaven was made by the voice of what? For he commended what happened, and he stood fast. So by the breath of the Lord, the host of heaven were what? Created. Now let's go back to creation one more time. When it was time to create the sun, to create the trees, God said, let there be what? And there you go. God said with his voice, he commanded, and it was done. But look what happened, though. When it was time to create Adam and Eve, what did God do? Now, be careful. Now, be, you have to visualize this. It's very important because the devil play on our ignorance. He doesn't want us to know who God is because in knowing who God is, that is the essence of the gospel. So God did what? He did not speak men into existence. He said, now, he came what? Closer. Because to God, to form man, he couldn't be on the outside. He had to come what? Because he had to form men from what? From the dust. So imagine now how important you are. That God, the creator now, did not step outside and say, let there be men. He said, let us make men in what? In our image and in what? In our likeness. Because you are valuable to what? To God, because God called you what? Son, you are my today I've begotten you. God say, I'm calling you out of the dust. Why? For a special what? A special purpose. To be like my son. And God formed men. And when he finished forming men with his own hand, what did he do next? Again, can you imagine that again? Now, did God breathe from afar? Say, or he had to do what? He came close and gave us the breath of what? the breath of life. You are valuable to God, and because you are valuable to God, God is calling us again for a special purpose. Why did God create you and I? What was the reason behind creation? 
Again, to understand this again, we have to take a travel again way far back in the beginning again. When in heaven, again, God in the council again, sitting down and saying, you know what? We want to create being because we were so loving. We want them to understand our love, and we have to create angel. We create other worlds, but we have to create them to be free. We have to be what? Because love cannot be love if it is not what? It is not free. And the question, of course, can you imagine now in, in the councils of God where the Godhead was sitting down back and forth asking questions. And he said, well, if we created them free, then there's a possibility that one day one of them could say what? I don't love God anymore. What are you going to do about this then? Now, you, got, you have to realize that before God did anything, God had to what? Plan them. But how fast or how long he take what? Infinite knowledge to plan something. So the Bible said that because you are so valuable to God in the, in the eon of time, God said, it's okay if anything happened, I will set a guarantor, a surety for men's safety, and that guarantor will be what? The second person of the Godhead will come down and do what? Give his life for what? For the redemption of men. Now look at what Sister Wise said. Again, this is a powerful statement just recently released. He said now, the creation of the world was brought forth in the councils of heaven. And the covering cherub, who was with the covering cherub again? Lucifer. Lucifer said now that he want, he requested now that in the planning of this world, that he should be made prince of this world. When was that again done? Before sin. The devil came to God. Said, yeah, I heard you're going to be creating some new thing. That's wonderful. But my request is that you made me. What? Now, don't miss something now. When God created Adam and Eve, he said, not only he created them in his likeness, he said, he gave them what else? Dominion. He gave them what? The angel don't have what? Have you ever realized this? What, are the, what does the Bible call the angel again? They are what? Ministering what? Spirit. They are what? Servants of God. But God created men not just in his likeness, he gave them what? Power to what? Procreate in their own likeness. Angel could not what? And the devil again hated God from the inception of man because men got something he wanted he couldn't get. So in his mind, he said, well, I've got to find something, some way to take men out. And of course, you know what happened? There was war in heaven. The devil began to accuse God of being what? Unfair. For God being what? Selfish. Because God has never sacrificed anything. When was the last time he did something that he didn't want to do? He always had his way. And half of the angels sided with the devil in the beginning. Can you realize that there was half of them first? Then eventually, some went back, and one-third stayed with the devil. Now, to get back into our story again, the devil came to this world, and what he said to Eve? Has God really said that you what? Should not eat of any tree in the and what did they said? He said, oh, no, not really. God said, we can eat all of this, but this tree, the day we eat of this, what would happen? We will surely die. And the devil was like, you will Because God knows. So he's implying that who's lying? God is lying. Because God knows on that day, if you eat of this, what would happen? Your eyes will be opened. You will be made what? Like God. See, when, God, when, when sin came into the world again, God's name, God's character was under attack. 
And God could not vindicate his name by force because he was powerful. He could have what? Subdue and crush what? The rebellion. But if he did, then what would happen? The universe would be what? So here is God now. Can you imagine that God is powerless in that sense because he had to let it play out? So therefore, the Bible says you and I, we are called his witnesses. We are what? What is a witnesses used for, do you think? To judge, right? No? What's a witness is used for? To do what? To testify. So God said, since you now are my witnesses, I'm calling you forth now to what? To vindicate what? My name. To be able to tell the world that, hey, here I am, the God of love, the God that knows you, the God that formed you out of his what? The dust, because he has a special purpose for you, to be like his son. But the devil realized that if I can seduce Adam and Eve and get them to fall into sin, they will be mine. Then this world will be mine. Because in his mind, there was no way God would be willing to pay the ultimate price. And you know what the story is? Adam and Eve in what? Sin. And when they sinned, the first thing they did when God came to the garden, they did what? They went to hiding. Why? Because he was the God that was the God of love. Their father became what? The enemy. They see God as the enemy. You see, we heard your voice and we were what? Afraid. See, now, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. It is what? Because perfect love does what? Cast all fear. So the devil brings fear into a heart. And he knows now, now I got men and women hostage. What is God going to do now? And of course, God stepped in the garden. He said, Adam, what have you done? Did you not know what he did? And look what Adam did. He said, the woman you gave me. So whose fault was that? It was your fault, God. You could see again, now, immediately now, the virus of sin came into their mind, and they began to think like the devil, blaming who? God. It was your fault, God. And God turned to Eve and said, what did you do, Eve? Well, it was the snake. Well, we'll create the snake. You did, God. So it was your fault. But God never asked the snake, what did you do? He just pronounced judgment at this moment. He said, I will put what? Now, don't miss this now. Because when sin happened now, we lost any willingness now to fight against sin. Sin became our best friend. And God became the enemy. So we love sin and we hated God. We love unrighteousness and we live what? So God said, now, I will put something you don't have in you anymore. I will give you now the will to fight against sin. And not only that, though, I'm going to send my, my son. And that son will live among you and will die to bring you back to me. It was a shock to the devil because he couldn't realize that. For the first time in known history now, God was willing to do what? To sacrifice something he had never done before. God was willing to what? Not have his way, but to go now in the cross for what? To bring his men or his women back to what? To himself. In, in 2 Corinthians 5, 19, he said, for, for God was in Christ reconciling the world and what? Unto himself. God began to, the initiation. God is the one that went after them. God searched for them. He said, I need you back because I love you. Thus, you are the apple of what? Of his eyes. 
You see, God said, I have loved you with what? An everlasting love. And because of this, I will draw you what? Unto me. The devil said, I got this now. Because if Christ came to this world, that is it. There's no way he can win on my territory. This is my planet. This is my place. And therefore, the war was on. Now, he was no longer in heaven. He was here on earth. And God is looking for people to stand up and say, I know who God is. I know his character. I know that God is love. I know I can stand for his will because God is what? Love. But again, we lost that. We couldn't understand this again. So God called Abraham. We talked about it this morning in Sabbath school. And Abraham became what? The father of the faithful. And you know the story. God said, Abraham, through your seed, not seeds, through one of your sons, the promised Messiah will what? Will come. And as he, uh, um, Abraham had how many sons? What? At first he had what? Two sons. At first he had more than two. The firstborn was what? Was Ishmael. Wasn't son of the promise. But God said, no, 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 no. I said through your wife, Sarah, you would have a son. And through that son, I'm going to bring what? The promised Messiah. So salvation rests not in Ishmael, but in the seed or in the lineage of Isaac, right? So, long story short, Isaac was born, grew up to be a young man, and God said to Abraham, take now your son, the one who what? The one you love, and take him to the mountain, I will show you, offer him as a burnt offering. As what? Now let me kind of clarify something for you. Not just kill him now. Once you finish killing him, you will set him on what? On fire. Now, was that painful, do you think? Now, if I were, if I were Abraham, I'd say, oof. Ishmael, I'm sorry, man. You got to go. <laughs> Ishmael got to go. Because, hey, you must be Ishmael, right? Because the promise is who? Now, I see, what people always miss, they always see the pain of, of Abraham because as the father, he's about to kill his son. But not just killing Isaac, though. Abraham will be doing away with what? Eternity. If Isaac is no more, the promise cannot be what? Cannot be fulfilled. Christ cannot come. And therefore, Abraham will have to be what? Sent to hell. So can you imagine this now? It's like, what? My, if it's, I, mean, you, you, I mean, come on now. God said, that shall not what? And God will tell me, that cannot be. That must be from the devil. Now, how did, the, how did Abraham know that was God? Because he had a relationship with what? So this is, this is each, that they might know you. Do you know who God is? Not know about God, but know who God is. Because in that knowledge again is victory. In that knowledge again is what? His power. Because Abraham understood this now. And as the brother said this morning, as he's going up now, the son said, uh, Dad, I know you're getting old. Maybe things are going to slip in my little bit now. We have the fire. We have the, but where is the lamb? Where is the lamb? Now, here's the profound statement again. Abraham said, son, God will provide himself. What? The lamb. Now, don't miss this now. Now, a lot, because it means that God will give him the lamb. That's true. But it also means that God himself will become what? The lamb. Not just God will provide a lamb, but God will self be the lamb. Because when uh, John the Baptist saw Christ, say, Behold, behold, the lamb of God that does what? 
here is the gospel, and my, my brothers, the gospel is that Christ came not just to put a bandage on sin. He came to do what? To completely eradicate what? In 1 John 3, he said that Christ came to destroy the work of what? Of the devil. What are some of the works of the devil do you think? He is a liar and a murderer. Look what happened again in, in, in down South Florida. And we have tons of questions. Why? Why? Because the enemy has done this. We're living in his land of the territory because we know soon and very soon that Christ will come in and put an end to this nonsense. So Abraham said, son, God himself will be the lamb. God himself will come down and die and become a guarantor to save us from sin. Not to just put a bandage, but to empower us now to give what? Victory. In John 1, verse 13 to uh, 12 to 14, said, now, he came to his own, and his own did what? Receive him not. But to those that received them, he gave what? Power. Not, what does it say? What? There's two words that is usually in the, in, the, in the Bible to talk power. One in the Greek called exousia, meaning authority, and one as dunamis, which is again the same thing, but it's in a power, power within. The word that is used, he said, now, he will give you power, exousia, I say, God will come in to your heart, and he will bring what? The authority with him. Before Christ went to heaven, he said, now, all power, what? All power has been given to me. So because of all is now powerful God in his hand, he said, I will bring power into your heart and make you now able to live for me. To become a witness for me, that the world will know these are my child, these are my children. And because they are my children, they are able not to stand firm and gain victory over sin. Is victory possible? Only if you know God. Victory is only possible if only what? You know God. Example of people that knew God. Daniel knew God. And because of his knowledge of God, when the decree came out to stop praying for 30 days, I know some of you say, well, 30, that's not bad. I'm going to take vacation and, you know, and just go somewhere else and just pray in the closet. The Bible says pray in the closet. There's a text right there. There you go. I can do this. Yes? But Daniel, the Bible says, knew that the decree had been passed. Still did what? Still pray openly. Why? Because we are not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is what? The power of God for those who what? Who believe in the gospel is power. And are you ashamed of God? If you are, because you don't know who God is. Because all the power now is his. And because you are his children, he is able to what? To keep you from what? From Not trying to keep you from falling, but he's able to keep you what? From falling. The challenge sometimes is we do not want to be stay away from sin. The reason why we sin is not because we have to sin. It's because we love to sin. Don't lie to yourself now. Now, we always cannot make excuses. Well, the devil made me do it. Well, he might suggest it, but he cannot force it. Sister Watt said that all the power of hell cannot move one feeble son of God to commit one act against his will if he said no. Now, my challenge and your challenge is to say, Lord, like David said, look at my heart, Lord, and know who I am and lead me to the path of what? Of righteousness for your name's sake. God is calling for people to say, hey, I will stand for the Lord no matter what. 
And when David, uh, when Daniel uh, uh, hear about it, he prayed. And it took him, what happened? Put him in the line. You know the story. In the line then. Now, picture this now. Daniel is in the line, right? And as he's in the line, he spent a night there. And you know, if I were Daniel, and I survived the night. <laughs> I survived the night. And the king came and said, Daniel, Daniel, has your God that you serve faithfully able to what? To deliver you. Now, if I were Daniel, I'd say, please let me out. <laughs> Open the door. I'm coming through. Daniel said, oh, king, live for what? Live forever. What? <laughs> I don't have time for this thing. I want to get out. I wanna... No, Daniel said, no, no, no. God was able, he sent his angel to do what? Because I did nothing wrong before God. See, Job said, though he kill me, yet will I do what? Woo! I mean, killing? Uh, let's wait a minute. I don't like the killing part. You know, can it be the living? No. See, Job understood this now. If it will please his God that my death will bring glory to his name, let it be done. That's what God creates you and I, to vindicate his name. And if vindication means now we got to live or die, let his will be what? Be done. So you know the story of the three Hebrew boys as well. The king got the dream. Said the dream had four different metals. He said, well, I don't like the fourth thing. I'm going to make it all what? All gold. He goes, hey, the head of gold makes sense. I'm the head of gold. I'm going to make what I want. And that's what he did. And you know what he did next? He called everyone... And so I say, well, check this out, my, my statue. He said, no, no, no. I want you to do what? To worship it. Not just checking it out. I'm going to commit. And if you don't, just in case you decide not to, there's right there what? A furnace. Really hot, waiting for you. And guess what happened? The decree was given. The sound was happening. And everybody what? But there were three young men that said, you know what? We know who God is. And the Bible says, Thou shalt not what? No other God before me. And if it's to live or to die, we will stand for God no matter what. So you know what happened, right? The king said, What? Did you? Wait, I know you guys are foreigner. You have an accent. You don't understand what my language is. Let me, let me break it down for you. I'm going to give you as a second chance, okay? And if you don't do it right now, I'm going to see which God can deliver you from my hand. Ooh, what? You just, you just said what? I'm going to see. See, be careful what you say. Sometimes, you know, you push God to action. When you say that, who is God? God said, oh, who, okay, here we go. Check this out. When you say, who, God said, check this out again. So they took these men. They said, now, nah, listen to King. We are not careful how we answer you that all God is able to what? But even if it doesn't, whoo, now listen to this now. If, it, if I know God will protect me, I'm going to go there. I mean, come on, I got this. Let's go. But he said, even if God doesn't, how many of you guys think about this all the time? Sometimes when sickness happens, when tragedy struck sometimes, we wonder, where is God? Why am I going through all of this? Look at Job's story again. You think about this journey he had to go through, losing all his family on one day, kids done. Job said, you know what? The Lord given. The Lord what? Let his name be what? Your job, my job in this life is not to accumulate stuff. It's not to have wealth and, and, and money. No, it's to do what? To please his God. And whatever God said would please him, 
that's what we will do. And that's what those guys say, you know what? We will do what God said, even if we have to perish. And they did what God said. And guess what God did? God stood up with them in the fire. This is eternal life, my brothers and sisters. That you what? Know who God is. Not to know about God. Not to know what my mom said about God. Not to know what the church said about God. But to know what God is for yourself. And the challenge that we have in the church today is we have a lot of people that are parasite Christian. They are feeding up of somebody else. They are surface readers. They don't go deeper because you know what? They are afraid of commitment. Because when God is calling you, he said, give me what? Your heart. Not give me 5% of your heart. You know, let's talk about tithe for a second. You know, people always say, oh boy, you know, God said, give me, give me what? Does God really ask for 10%, do you think? What are you guys asking for? 100%. So does that mean if I give God 10%, 90% is mine to do whatever I want with it? No. God is training us to do what? To be able to give everything. In, in Acts chapter 4, when the new church was created, now they said all that they have, they give it to the whole church. They sold everything and did what? Give it to what? Can you imagine now when they were building the sanctuary now? God said, whoever has a willing heart, let him what? Let him give. And there was so much donation. This what? There was so much what? That God said, stop giving. Can you imagine that? Today we're not saying stop, though. We keep going. <laughs> hey, that's bank. We put it in the bank. You never know. But God said, no, no, tell them stop giving. Because they were so willing to what? See, the reason why we don't give, because we don't understand what God has done to redeem us from hell. If you don't understand this now, you will never be willing to give anything. Look at the cross again. Look at what Christ was willing to go. Why? Because of you. Because of you. Now, sometimes we think, well, for God so loved us. So in the us, I'm very small. So therefore, my sin is not that big as his sin. So, you know, let him have it. No. God died for you. And because he died for you, see, son, give me what? My daughter, give me your heart. Because out of the hearts are what? The issues of what? Of life. In um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, the last verse, I think verse 18, uh, he said something that's very powerful. And I want to read this and maybe close out a, a few comments on this and close. It says in 2 Corinthians, if you have that, this is very important again. In the, in the beginning, men had, were able to communicate with God face to face. They could talk to God and see who God is. 2 Corinthians uh, 3 verse 18, it said what? But what we all, with what? Unveiled face, beholding as in what? In a mirror. The glory of the Lord. Our being what? Transformed into what? The same image from what? Glory to what? Just as... Now listen to this out. When God first created Adam and Eve, he created them in what? In his... But when sin came into the world, they lost that image of God. Sin became their brother and brother. They began to think like the devil and act like the devil. And God set up now in, plan, in motion at the plan of redemption to bring men back to what? To his first, first love. And he said, now, now you and I have a chance to behold. And by beholding, what would happen? Now, I see, a lot of times we think we have to force change. You know, when people say, no, victory over sin, we say, oh, Lord, here's they go again about victory. It's impossible. We can never overcome sin. 
I mean, we're all sinners. The Bible says we were born in shape in what? In iniquity. There you go. I mean, it's impossible. News flash up. <laughs> New flash, brothers and sisters. It is impossible. It is impossible. But to God, all things is what? Possible. The Bible said it's not in trying, but it's in dying. See, a lot of time we're trying to be good and we fail. We're trying and we fail. God said, no, no. Behold. By beholding, you know what? It's not by forcing it. It's by in contemplating of Christ. By looking at the cross, you see what God has done for you. You open your heart now and God said, I will come in and bring power. I'll bring what? What you cannot do by yourself. God can do it through you. He can transform a lying, cursing man like Peter into a humble man. He could convert a son of thunder now to become the most lovable apostle of all the twelve. He could change a man like Zacchaeus now from a thief to a man that was willing to give what? All that he had for God. So the question is, no, are you willing to behold the love of God this morning? Are you afraid now that that will transform? Because we're afraid that God will take full control. And we don't want that. We want to be in control. You know, there's a saying that says, God is my co-pilot. So who's driving the car then? The devil is driving. So it's not, because if, if it's not the driving, who's driving? See, Jesus said, I'm at the door, I'm knocking. Now, the strange question you should ask is, if Christ is outside, who's inside with me then? He's knocking to get inside. Why? Because your heart is not his yet. So God is asking you this morning, give me your heart. Know me. Spend time with me. Don't just read the Bible once a week. Which one of you will survive a diet of eating once a week? Raise your hand. You will try that with me? You will die, right? Eventually you will die. But we do that from the Bible all the time. Just one verse a week and that's it. God knows I'm busy. I'm tired. Look at what Bible said now. And the brothers uh, read this text this morning as well. That was kind of so amazing. In, in Hebrews chapter 12, it's in uh, looking unto what? See, now, the verb looking is it's a continuous thing. It's not just happening one day. It's not look. No, no. Keep your eyes into what? The author in what? The finisher of what? Of the, of the faith. God is willing to finish the work that he started in your life this morning. All he's asking for you now is... Give me your heart. Surrender your will to me. Do not let the devil take control anymore. I have the power now to give you victory over whatever it is that you inherit, that you acquire. I'm able to vanquish this. And look what the Bible said now in, in Jude uh, 24. It said, unto him who is able to what? Keep you from what? And present you faultless. Which one of you is faultless? That's impossible, we said, Yes. And in the last few minutes, we're looking at the, the sanctuary service. In the sanctuary service, there were three main compartments, really. One was the outer court. Then there was the what? The holy place. And there was what? The most holy place. In the outer court was the altar of the burnt offering. That's the first thing you enter, you see. There was only one entrance to the sanctuary. Only what? Because Christ is the way, the truth, and what? And no man come through the Father but through, through me. There's no second exit. you got to come through that door. And Christ said, I am the door. And no one can come through salvation except through Christ. So as you enter the door, you enter with the gate with thanksgiving because you see the, the altar of the burnt offering. And that altar is a symbol of the cross. 
It's at the cross, the song says, at the cross, when I first saw what? The light and the burden of my heart, what? Rolled away. Because at the cross, there's forgiveness. At the cross, there's justification. God says, at the cross, all your guilt are washed away. I will take your sin and put them, what? In the depth of what? The highest mountain we have is Mount what? Mount Everest, yes? Really high. The deepest thing they have fine part in the ocean is about five miles what? Deep. That is enough to cover Mount Everest almost two times over. So some of us now would like to see deep sea diving for our sin. We're going to go and fight it again. God said, no, 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 give it to me. I'll do what? So you see, the altar of the burn offering represents what? Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the victory over the guilt. God said, you no longer what? Guilty. You are forgiven. Don't carry that burden anymore. You've done wrong, yes. We all have sinned. God said, don't worry about it. I've forgiven you. So you say, oh, that's good. It's wonderful. What has happened then? Then you enter now to the holy place. And in the holy place, there's the bread, right? Where we have to eat. We have to walk in the light. In, this, in the holy place happens sanctification. So the cross free us from the guilt of sin. The holy place now free us from the power of sin. See, it's, it's one thing to be free from the guilt, but if sin is still what? Have power over you, what would happen? You keep falling into sin all the time. But God said, if you come into me, I will give you what? Power over what? Over sin. And to those who receive him, to them he gave what? Power to become what? Sons of what? Of God. John said now, Beloved, we do not know what's going to happen when God's come. But what we do know is when he comes, we will be what? Like him. The last thing that God is going to say at the end is that let him who is what? Just be what? Now, he doesn't say let him who is trying to be just. But let him who is what? Just. So, the altar now is free from the guilt. The holy place is free from the power of sin. And the last place is the most holy place. And there is glorification. At that point, God said, I'm going to free you from the presence of what? From sin. My question to you this morning, my brothers and sisters, is do you want to know God? Do you want to say this morning, Lord, I knew about you. I heard you were a loving God, but today I'm willing to commit my life to know you fully, Lord. Whatever you have to do, please, Lord, I surrender my heart to you this morning. And do of me whatever you want. This text given Isaiah, I got to say, who's going to go for us? Who's going to talk on our behalf? Who's going to go? And Isaiah said, Lord, here I am. And what? Are you willing this morning to say with me, Lord, here I am and send me? If you're willing to do that this morning, please stand and let us, let us pray as we close this sermon out. Let us stand and pray and say, Lord, we want to be your servant. We want to be your slave. We want to work we want to live, we want to eat, we want to do everything to please you. And as you do this this morning again, God will bring the power to make you his son and his daughter. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, the other Father, we are so grateful for your love. We are so grateful for what you did on the cross to save us. And Father, this morning we ask again that you will make us your son. You will make us yours, Lord. We surrender our will, our heart to you, Lord, because we want to be yours forever. Whatever you got to do, Lord, whatever you need to do, Lord, whatever you need to break to, and to do whatever. If you just need to be, Father, to do the, 
the most unthinkable thing, Lord, to save us. Father, we are willing to go to the cross, Father, to be like you. Father, please save us. May you be with this church this morning. Let them be, Father, a light in this world that people might know that they have in contact with you, Lord. And as they start this new service, this new um, program this Thursday, may people be brought to the church because of the members they have met of people that are Christ-like, people that are willing to serve the Lord. Father, may you bless us again. May you forgive us when we come short and give us victory this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.